0: Hey there, and welcome to the Liverboard Sailing Podcast. I'm your host, Annika. I'm hosting this podcast because I want to learn everything that I possibly can about the sailing lifestyle, specifically about becoming a Liverboard Cruiser. I do this by talking to Liverboard sailors as well as industry experts and find out all the essentials about boat shopping and selection, the costs of full time sailing. And exactly how people made their dream a reality. Join me, and you will get real life advice, practical tips, and maybe you'll even avoid making some costly mistakes. After listening to these truly inspirational and hugely entertaining stories, you and I will be better prepared to start our sailing adventures. In this episode, I chat with Darren and Amanda from SV Panda they started with zero practical sailing experience and in just two years they have sailed from florida to the caribbean and from there to the united kingdom via greenland darren and amanda are very open about the finances of liverboard sailing and they give great insight into what the lifestyle is actually like both the good and the bad stuff so let's get started darren and amanda welcome to the
1: show thank you
0: so, I know you as the crew of SV Panda on Instagram and YouTube. Um, but for those who are not yet following you, uh, can you tell a little bit about yourselves, um, where you're from, and, and of course about your sailboats and home panda?
2: All right. Well, I'm Amanda and I'm my husband, Darren. And Hello. We uh, own a ni- 1989 Amel Sharky, she's 39 foot. And we like started our journey in Florida, actually, and bought the boat in Florida. And we had no idea how to sail her when we first
0: bought her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's been a crazy adventure ever since.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I love that you two had the courage to just jump into something wild like that. I, I know I've heard a lot of people say, that, but it's still always fascinating to hear that. So... How long have you been sailing now? Is it a couple of years? Um, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, we've been sailing for—I mean, I guess cruising full time now for a year, and then we had bought the boat kind of a year prior to that, and just been—you know—day sailing, weekend sailing uh, while we worked. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, right. And you started in Florida. You're currently in the south coast of the UK, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. So
0: a couple of miles between that, and there's also been a pandemic for the last year. So that must have been quite an experience.
1: A pandemic? We haven't heard
0: what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <So crazy. laughs> oh gosh, yeah. We we uh, obviously we well we weren't supposed to be here in the UK. This was never part of our plan we really were setting off to go to the South Pacific. We, we wanted to do what's called the coconut milk run, as the cruisers say, where you, you go south till the butter melts, you hit the trade winds, and you go west. Um, we, we made it as far as Puerto Rico before COVID really shut the world down and we had to rethink our plans. Um, And thus, those plans, we said, well, we we don't want to go to the South Pacific because they were having uh, quite a tough time. Also, Panama was closed for canal transits. Mm -hmm. So we kind of said, let's just do a lap of the North Atlantic. Uh, We knew that the UK was open and accepting uh, Americans. So, uh, yeah, we found ourselves here.
0: (laughs) It's been really, really fun to follow your journey on on Instagram and now also on YouTube. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it didn't go as you planned, but it's still been one heck of a journey going through Greenland and seeing all the UK. Um, I used to live in Scotland, so I have a soft spot for the UK. So it's so lovely to see, see you guys sailing out there.
2: Yeah, Um, we really love cruising around Scotland. And we're actually kind of toying with the idea of possibly going back around if countries won't open to us in Europe in the near future. So uh, definitely beautiful, beautiful cruising grounds up in Scotland. I think they're like really untouched by most cruisers or no one really wants to go to Scotland. Everyone talks about going to the Caribbean and warm waters, but... Definitely a great place to cruise. Agreed.
0: I'm glad to hear that I actually had uh, plans to do a sailing course there this summer, but um, I don't think I'll be traveling internationally yeah. just yet this summer, but <laughs> looking forward to that. So you've been sailing now for a couple of years, and you know, you've know you logged a lot of miles under your belt, but uh, let's go back to a few years in time when you're still living in the US, you were living the 9 to 5 on land, What was it that made you want something different?
1: (laughs) Oh, I I think a few things, but I'd like to say that, yeah, or at least we'll give a little overview of our lives. Like Amanda and I were both working a pretty typical, like nine to five, um, corporate life. We had a house, um, we had our nine to five jobs. We had like our awesome community of friends. This was all in Orlando, but. Things were very routine and it was a very easy life, I'd say, when you get really comfortable like that, you start to kind of lose any inspiration and and adventure. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, we were were thinking about like the quote like we find from Sailing Uma, we were thinking about buying a couch next actually. And we were (laughs) thinking about buying, oh yeah, we need to make a better living space for our dining room. You know, you think about buying things and like how much money you need for these things. And life doesn't become about the experiences as much. And I think that's really what makes you truly happy. So, you know, I am i wasn't passionate about my job per se, but I wanted to find something that I was more passionate about. And I knew I loved travel and we knew we love scuba diving. So that's what really got us into this in the first place.
0: Right, and I've seen on your Instagram, you have a hashtag, do what you love. So that culminates it all into one. So obviously you want to be a little more inspired, see the world, have a little bit of adventure and kind of escape from the routine, sounds like was maybe the, the biggest thing that pushed you to something different.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I, I had my office job for 10 years and and by no means I was saying it was a bad job. It was a wonderful job. Like I, I love the work and I love the coworkers, but just that lifestyle, it was kind of lacking something. And, and I could almost see myself waking up you know, the next day and, and being like nearing retirement age and and feeling like my whole life just kind of like went by. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really what kind of inspired this. This adventure is to really live each day very thoroughly. And yeah, with that hashtag do it you love. Uh, That's what we try to do every day is Mm -hmm. uh, just do something very exciting and doing exactly what we like doing.
0: Yeah, that definitely resonates with me. I I feel the same, like if I can see my life planned out for the next five years, it's a pretty scary thought if I know exactly how it's going to play out. Mm -hmm. Right. But. There are a lot of um alternative lifestyles out there than life or just living sort of uh, otherwise adventurous life or maybe being a digital nomad and so on. So why did you choose sailing, and did you ever consider anything else? Hmm. Well,
2: yeah. we weren't even considering sailing for the longest time. It just kind of like fell on our lap, I guess, or fell on our screen because we actually were looking into doing scuba diving um live aboard cruises and they were kind of expensive and they take a lot of time, especially when you have the nine to five job structure and they don't give you a lot of vacation time. They just give you, you know, you could take a week off here or there. So to be able to do that, you need like a lot of time. And then we fell onto sailing Delos actually. And we were like, Whoa, people live on their boat. And then we went through the YouTube wormhole and found so many others doing this and we were very inspired by that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one is we had no clue that people lived on boats and and sailed small sailboats around the world. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also didn't know for scuba, since we love scuba diving, we didn't know that you can-
2: uh, Dive from your own boat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so have a dive compressor and tanks and all your gear, uh, just like sailing Delos has. Uh, So those two things kind of blew our mind. And from there, like we couldn't shake shake that thought. Yeah, so, just like
2: one of those, like a little bug that's just now gnawing inside, like you have to scratch that itch, you know, cause there's something to that. You see that passion that these people have and you're like, I want something like that.
1: Right, so we kept scratching and I was like, well, let's at least do like a little feasibility study here. Let's, let's look at the <laughs> finances. Let's look yeah. at our yeah. life right now and see, is this really possible or can we just uh, push this away? But uh, running the finances, we said, No, okay, you know, if we sell our house and cars and, and save up uh, a bit of money, we could definitely do this lifestyle. And well, yeah, that's what started the whirlwind. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) now we're here.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I have to say that those original uh, YouTubers definitely have showed a lot of people that there is a different way to live. And I'm very grateful to those as well. So obviously, you've uh, you had an idea of a lifestyle that involved diving and exotic locations, currently on the other side of the world where you are now. Obviously, that didn't quite happen. I don't know how much diving you're getting into these days. Hopefully, not too much because the waters are really cold there. But overall, has the lifestyle sort of met your expectations?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it has been derailed definitely from COVID. But the glimpses I say that we had in the beginning of our trip and even some glimpses we have of meeting certain cruisers around and like experiencing like meeting other people like us we've completely fell in love with this lifestyle i mean that's like a like a little caveat obviously it's not easy like most people think oh this is going to be easy there are sleepless nights that they no one ever tells you because uh like there's a storm blowing through like we recently just had like days of just 30 knots and like 50 knot gusts on anchor and people don't tell you you're going to be like awake most of the time and you're going to be stressed that your home it might like blow away I mean like when you're in a house you don't feel like you're going to have this house being like moved into another house and worry that you're going to wake up somewhere else and cause damage to your home so it's definitely not you You didn't expect that for sure <laughs>
0: Yeah, I imagine there would be some misconceptions that people have from, you know, following people on YouTube or Instagram. It doesn't exactly show the full picture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that overall, it's uh, sounds like it's been a good experience. You're happy that you made the choice to this.
1: Oh yes, absolutely. We we love the lifestyle. We've we've fallen in love with it, and I think we'll continue to do this until we don't like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean we've also fallen in love with sailing since that wasn't our background. It's like, it's a new challenge for us. And it's also everything is, uh, everything's always an adventure. Things break, Darren has to fix them. I have to help them or like, you know, you learn how to trim the sails and it becomes an activity. Uh, You learn more about yourself and you're as a couple for us sailing together. Like you learn more about your teamwork. So it's definitely offered a new challenge for us as well.
1: Yeah. And I want to expand on what you said there where, we, we didn't have any sailing background whatsoever. So the, the motivation of this was really just to travel the world and then the sailboat just happened to be like the vessel of choice to do that. Yeah. Um, but since now we've been sailing, we have really fallen in love with the sailing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like we, we enjoy continually learning about the sailing aspect, you know, uh, b- becoming better sailors, increasing our seamanship skills and then just getting better at the small fine arts of sailing you know we we try to sail as much as we can and sail on and off the anchor when we can just learning trimming the sails and just yeah really enjoying that part of of the travel So it's not just about the travel
0: yeah <laughs> no that's exactly right and uh, yeah i can definitely relate to that the having sort of having your home and, and traveling with it is is all nice but it's also really nice to have you know, something to learn about every day, even though it's not always nice, but you know, it challenges you. Nothing's very boring by, you know, from what I gather, no. <laughs> things are pretty, you know, not necessarily exciting to the tune that you're jumping off cliffs and doing, you know, adventure sports or anything, but just like the everyday life is, it keeps you on your toes. And it's not the routine that you originally wanted away from.
2: Right
1: very true (laughs) and
2: i think our when we were in a house we actually bought a house that we didn't have to do any work on actually so buying an old boat was the complete opposite it was very strange (laughs) (laughs) we bought a house and it was like perfect had been renovated we never had to touch anything and then we buy an old boat and we have to do everything all the time fixing (laughs) things like my mom was always asking like What else do you have to work on? Why do you have so many boat projects? I'm like, because you're constantly working on it. It's like the toilet breaks, or this pump breaks, or this uh, autopilot's not working. Like, the boat has like all these systems, and you have to be a mechanic, a plumber, electrician, and. It's uh it's a all all day all hands on task it's affair sometimes.
1: Always encompassing. Yeah, I mean because the boat is, you know, unlike your house, the boat is in the harshest environment. It's yeah. <laughs> sitting in salt water 24/7 with salt spray everywhere, cold freezing temperatures sometimes. to really hot Caribbean <laughs> temperatures. Uh just yeah, it's it's an yeah. interesting uh, vessel to to keep care of. That's for sure.
0: So essentially, sailors are lifelong learners, whether they want to or not. Exactly. (laughs) You
2: learn skills that you didn't think you needed, and no one ever taught you how to do them. You're just like, okay, if someone did this at one point, it's got to be on YouTube too, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Thank goodness for YouTube University, hey? Yeah, Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, I want to go back in time just a little bit. I'm just wondering how long did it take you you know, between the time between you actually came up with the idea, like, hey, we should buy a sailboat, and when you actually did it, was that years? Was that months? How did that look like? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is probably laughable for anyone right now. Yeah, we
1: we we did it really fast, really really fast. I mean, we we had this idea, and I'd, I'd say we we from from the time we like really started watching a few Delos episodes and like understanding this lifestyle to when we bought the boat, bought the boat was six months. And in that six months, we completely changed our lives because you know once we agreed to doing this, we set our budget. We were very, very keen on everything we spent, you know, from then on, because now we had this, this budget and the savings that we needed to achieve. We also st- sold our house in that time. So we bought the boat and sold the house about the same month yeah and uh yeah it was just a i mean, obviously, in that time frame, there's a big change in our lives, but yeah, this was something we're really, really excited about doing, so it was easy to have those financial goals when when you have this awesome like adventure ahead of you so this
2: idea yeah and it's hard i can't imagine just sitting on this idea for any longer i feel that i'm more of the person to be i can't linger on an idea i just have to start executing it if i'm that passionate about that idea like i just have to go
0: right when the seed's been planted you can't take it out you have to have to move on and make it a reality that's amazing congrats on doing that in six months that's quite an achievement (laughs) thank you (laughs) So you mentioned a few things that you did. So you had some savings, you sold your house and you bought the boat sort of all in the same same time. So it sounds like you had a pretty good sort of financial background to jump into it. So you didn't need to plan five or 10 years ahead to, to make it happen. What condition was the boat in when he got it? You mentioned Amanda that it was an old boat. Was it more of a fixer-upper, or could it sail right away, or how much work did it require?
2: She could have sailed right away. She had been cruising. She crossed the Atlantic. She made it to Panama, actually, with the previous owners, even. But the upgrades that we wanted to do, and what I mean, what we thought cruising should have on our boat, uh, we spent some time, you know, fixing it up, doing some other upgrades um, and boat projects here or there. We also were gonna part of our financial plan was also to live aboard because we sold the house and to live aboard would be a lot cheaper than a mortgage. So we um had to put in Florida, you have to put AC on a boat. <laughs> so that was like one of the biggest things we had to do, although it's not being in it's not in use now, but it is something we had to do while we were there and it didn't have it. Ironically we even took out the diesel air heater and we just watched that footage recently. (laughs) We were laughing about it. We took the diesel air heater out and the hot water heater, which we both installed recently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so we cruised Greenland without uh, hot water and then, uh, yeah, before we got to Greenland, we put the di- A-diesel e- heater back in. So, yeah, that, that, that's that been an adventure. But, but yeah, as far as buying the boat, it was, yeah, I would say a, almost a ready-to-sail boat. But we chose to invest a little bit more money in some mm-hmm. areas that we want to do. So, like, we did a lithium battery upgrade. We have all-electric cooking. Yeah, we did solar panels, new dinghy, motor, like, kind of, I guess, maybe usual things for for new cruisers.
0: Yeah, of course. You have to customize the boat to your own liking, whether it's very minimalistic or whether it's meant for off-grid living or, or whatever you want. You gotta make it yours so that it works for your lifestyle. But it is quite funny that you <laughs> you uninstalled it here and then you head to Greenland. So Yeah. <laughs> if only you'd known, eh?
2: <laughs> I know. Just like we we recently took off because we installed the solar arch. I don't know if you had seen that. Like there's there's a massive solar arch with big um, glass panels on the back of our boat, which we didn't have davits to be able to hoist our dinghy. So now we experienced cruising around with this big solar arch in higher latitudes, which was not the thing to do with higher wind speeds, and it just didn't fit where we were cruising anymore. The production value of the sun goes a little bit down as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little, it's it's a lot. This far north, the sun doesn't give you nearly as much solar as, as down in Florida. So. So, yeah, we, we've made some changes over the winter here to um, kind of try uh, some new new stuff out on the boat.
2: Yeah. But. So we're just I think the concept, especially new to cruising, uh, you have to be a little flexible and know that, yeah, I might be putting this much investment into the boat right now, but it's going to change as maybe your plans might change or something happens along the way. Like you could buy a boat that's ready to go, but maybe it won't work in the environment that you cruise, or maybe you find out you'll need more solar or a wind generator, or I started with lithium and now that's not what I want. That's not usually the thing. But, but yeah, you figure it out as you go. And then like changing to electric um, cooking, like some people, you know, might be like, oh no, I want I want that and I have to take out my propane, you know. So you're just figuring it out as you go, really.
0: And obviously another thing that you've had to figure out is the actual sailing part of it, like you said, you didn't have a lot of experience. You started off in Florida, perhaps with an idea of sailing in the Caribbean before heading to the South Pacific, but obviously plans changed and you actually had to do an ocean crossing to Europe. So how long did it take you guys to be sort of comfortable with that idea that, okay, we're going to have to cross an ocean to keep sailing? Or were you already at that point when decision-making was happening?
1: I think we were already at that point Yeah, for our lack of sailing experience, another funny tidbit is (laughs) so, this boat still to date is the only boat we've ever sailed, period. We've never even sailed a dinghy, like a little uh, nothing. Laser. Laser. Yeah. (laughs) We sailed nothing but this boat. And in fact, the first time we ever sailed was when we're on the sea trial for this boat. So, we're on the sea trial with the broker and the captain. And uh, you know the surveyor, and they all hoist the sails, and we are just completely ignorant, and we're out there oh. in, in southern Florida, <laughs> and it's a you know beautiful day. It's blowing like ten knots, just really nice conditions. And we go, oh, looking around at the sails, thinking, oh yeah, we could do this. This is really nice.
2: Great sensation. <laughs> I like sailing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, we truly went from zero sailing experience, and then. Um, yeah. YouTube University. And we went out every weekend that we could, learned as much as we could. And and yeah, once we spent the first couple of months um, sailing through the Bahamas and down to Puerto Rico, we did gain a lot of that real world experience. And and so when we were in Puerto Rico and decided to to cross the Atlantic via the the Viking route, as they say, up up through Greenland, yeah, we, I don't know, it's probably just more ignorance than anything, but we said, well, sure, why not? Uh, I mean, uh, that's what we have pe- to do. Other people do it. So,
2: <laughs> I mean, we did do a trial run of a crossing that was just to the Bahamas, but in that year that we were learning, we actually had friends that were willing to join people who didn't know how to sail and go to the Bahamas. And <laughs> we did kind of a trial run of, do we like this lifestyle living aboard? I mean, we had a bunch of friends on, so it was more fun as well. And then like crossing the Gulf Stream, which is kind of a big deal to a lot of people as well. So we had a taste and then we came back. We're like, is this what we want? Yeah, this is still what we want. So to take on for us a bit more every time, it seemed like we kept the next passage was bigger. Like we sailed from Bahamas to Puerto Rico and that was five days or six days and then from then we took on a a friend to sail with us from puerto rico to bermuda to maine and so that like made a bigger passage so it seemed like okay the next step is from like um newfoundland to greenland that's just another week so it's kind of like the same right yeah (laughs) so you just kind (laughs) of then it's gonna be greenland to europe and you're like Okay, it's uh, like 11 days, maybe 10
1: days. Yeah, <laughs> so like that's fine. Everything just be and became in terms of a week like oh it's just another week passage and like we got that and, and you just knock out the miles and yeah. before you know it you're there. So
0: yeah, of course, you learn as you do, you know, baby steps until they become bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually turns into an ocean crossing, because why not?
1: <laughs> That's right. I mean, I think an ocean crossing is just, it's just like a day sail, except you just okay. keep sailing. Yeah. <laughs> you just sail. Just do it a few times.
0: <laughs> That's yeah.
1: right.
2: I think so. are some people like losing sight of land freaks them out and everything, but I, I've never had that feeling. first time I, I was waiting for that to happen, like am I going to be freaked out by not by this horizon going away? And no, no, I enjoyed just water around me. Like the idea is kind of scary when you start talking about how many feet is under you. And you're just like, Oh, my God, (laughs) there's (laughs) nothing under me. Right. But uh, it's just such an amazing experience out there being on the ocean, just you see some fish when they decide to come along, dolphins and birds that land on your bow and
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we really gotta live that that out in the middle of the ocean experience on our passage to Bermuda, we had a a total calm day, pretty much no wind. We had the spinnaker out, then that wouldn't even stay inflated. So it was coming about lunchtime and we said, Hey, let's just go for a swim. So Mm -hmm. we we put the boat in a little heave to fashion and put the swim ladder down and uh, yeah, the three of us, it was Amanda and I and our friend at the time, we just all jumped in the water and like, you know, here we are hundreds of miles from any land and we're actually in a really deep part of the ocean too. And it was like 10,000 feet deep. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter at that point, no. but it's just crystal blue water. Yeah, clear. And uh, yeah, that was the, I think, like pinnacle of being remote. That was a really neat experience.
0: Yeah, that sounds absolutely magical. And having seen some of your videos and always your your post on Instagram, it's, uh you know, it, it comes through, especially in your new teaser video on Greenland on like the nature there is so amazing, even though if it's just like a little bird, this just comes and grace you with your presence, whether it's, you know, pod or orcas or dolphins or whatever. Um, I'm really looking forward to that aspect of sort of being close to nature, or I guess more so nature being close to you that that is uh, a super exciting prospect for someone who wants to go sailing
1: oh yes, yeah definitely. yeah. that was very well said you, you definitely are close to nature and you live by it you know every day we're checking the weather and you're living by the tides and the winds and the weather system so yeah yeah. and
2: constantly like in in a house I don't know you don't feel as connected when you were really we were just in like the suburbs so you have another house next to you another house across but like when I get out of my boat on an anchorage I like look around and I'm already like in a nature like in a harbor and it's next to this you know piece of land that I can go walk in trails or if it's next to a city like it just makes it you still feel connected to that environment a lot more by being on your boat
0: yeah for sure and you don't really have to choose you could be in a marina in a city or you could be somewhere totally remote in greenland or uh, you know the highlands of scotland well, one of the highlands but you know the coastline of scotland yeah. um hiking up or, or whatever so i that aspect is very appealing as well that you could kind of choose your own adventure in that sense
2: yeah you could just move your house wherever you want if you don't like the scenery choose another place
0: So we talked a little bit about you guys, uh, you know, what you did in order to be able to buy a boat and start this lifestyle. But what I find sometimes a little more challenging to grasp is how to actually keep the dream alive and and keep the sailboat going. And, And that's sort of partly why I started this podcast. So with that in mind, what is your approach? Are you guys living off savings? Are you working or do you have some other income streams? Like what's your sort of longer term plan for that so that you can keep doing what you love to do
2: well we're working off our savings as we said earlier uh, we just saved as much as we could and there was no magical number it was kind of like ballparking. you know we want to have a bit of cash saved away as much as we could during that year because we wanted to get out cruising now kind of thing uh, the linden party uh, saying of go go simple go small go now so you know we had that in our mind and we also, um, we don't have any, like, income currently. We have done, um, Darren has done some work, <laughs> <laughs> some boat projects for other people along the way. And you can get paid in books and apples and <laughs> other random things, uh, bohemian dollars or or liquor, beer. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that is just trading for, you know, little small jobs along the way. Right. Um, we are starting our YouTube as you saw. So that's maybe a little bit of income in, in the future. It's more of like an investment in in our videos to see where it goes. Um, it w- we didn't know how much we would like, you know, putting ourselves out in the YouTube and seeing if that would work for us. So we kind of just were dabbling and now we're getting a little more serious, especially with our like footage in Greenland. We stopped editing and we just filmed the whole time we were there because we were so inspired by the scenery. And we're hoping that people also see that as well. Um, we've gotten some inquiries about Patreon, but we haven't done anything yet. We're still looking into um, if there's any other uh, opportunities with other companies or other um, other forms of a patreon out there
1: uh yeah so yeah yeah right now it's it's just living off of savings we're really loving the youtube uh work that we're doing and um yeah i think we've kind of both made the decision like i think it's going to be that going forward so we're going to invest a bit more time into our videos now and uh, yeah just see where that takes us and if that can uh at least lengthen uh, our amount of cruising time. That would be great if it can start producing on just a little bit of income to help pay for the, all the, the video editing equipment and cameras and whatnot. And, and we can continue to share our story around the world. Like that, that would be awesome. It It is, ex- I didn't think it would be so inspirational. Like when we yeah. got into sailing and watching other sailing channels, We always heard them tell us as an audience and say, you know, your comments are really inspirational and they keep us going. I didn't fully grasp that Mm -hmm. until now we're in that situation. You know, we're out here (laughs) sailing, sometimes in very remote places in the middle of nowhere, yet you have this community that's following you and encouraging you. And that really motivates us to keep going.
2: Yeah, just little notes, comments, or even like personal emails that we get are just they feel so good. And especially during these times right now, since we've been like everyone else in the world, really disconnected, it's also helped keep us feeling like we're part of a community and part of people's lives that we don't, we haven't felt in a while because like, it's been like really, really remote (laughs) from uh, friends and family and people in general. So that's been really nice. And so originally, uh, when we knew we just had like a fixed amount of savings that we were gonna work off of, it bothered me like, oh my god, like we won't have any more income. But we had the notion that we can always go back to just going to work. We can get pick up a job, and a lot of cruisers, it looks different for everyone. Whether you stop for a season and make money again, and then fill up the cruising kitty and go on, or you know maybe we'll find. Uh, Online remote work, especially during COVID, that's been coming up as a real source of being able to work from wherever you need. So that's Darren. You can elaborate on what you think as well.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, there's always. I mean, we, we since we had professions and we have we had that kind of career path beforehand. We can always fall back on that or variations of that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it is nice being able to work remotely if we need to. Um, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade, and so I I always feel like I have a fallback. I can go do some engineering work anywhere around the world if I need. But but back to the whole like do what you love. We also have this notion that if or when we need to go back to work, we really want to pick something that we love love doing. So uh, like we love scuba diving. So if we find ourselves in a warm climate again, we can you know maybe be dive instructors or. I don't know, um, something like that. And, and I do enjoy maintenance engineering tasks, specifically mm-hmm. on boats. Um, so I have been picking up a little bit of uh, just simple work along the way. And I would be, I would love to expand that. Like that would be just fine with me. So yeah, there's always always a way to make money down the road. And and yeah. I don't want people to to stop and not cruise because they don't see like a future of making money. So it's it's almost just just go out there, try it, and you'll figure it out. Whatever you're passionate about, the money will come.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. I'm more of the kind who wants to have everything you know, laid out. And I understand it's not possible, but it's still nice to have some sort of a plan. But I imagine also living an entirely different lifestyle and entirely different parts of the world o- also opens up a whole lot of possibilities or opens your eyes to what could be or, oh, I never thought of that. But look at that. Somebody's doing that. I could do that. So that that's really cool to see the a lot of sailing or live upward, uh couples, they're sort of reinventing themselves um, professionally and otherwise.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, very definitely. well said. Yep.
0: And I'm definitely looking forward to your uh, more of your YouTube videos because they've been absolutely fantastic. You obviously know how to use the camera and how to be in front of camera. So I'm very much looking forward to more of that. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs>
1: appreciate it.
0: Do you have a general idea of how much money you spend in a month, uh, say, while you're in the UK? That obviously depends whether you're an anchor or in a marina, but, you know, pick your scenario or situation.
1: Yeah, uh, funny you bring that up because I was just telling our our first year totals just a, a few days ago. And no, we're happy to share the finances uh, with everyone because we too, when we were in our planning phase, we relied on other cruising couples also sharing their finances mm-hmm. to to help us with the plan. So m- maybe I'll start by saying when we got the boat and then we kind of work from there. So as far as the, the boat costs go, we bought the boat for roughly $70,000. This is in US dollars. Um, we outfitted roughly $25,000, $30,000 in that first year. Um, so let's, let's say we have a $100,000 boat. Now we've been cruising for a year. In that year, we budgeted to spend 1000 a month, but that was also going through like the South Pacific and staying in warmer climates. Honestly, up here, it's a little more expensive to cruise uh, in, in the UK, and I should just say northern latitudes. The biggest addition to the cost is, well, one, the equipment we had to buy, like I said, the diesel air heater, get a hot water heater again, things we didn't need for the South Pacific. Mm -hmm. But um, two is like heating costs. So the diesel costs are going to be higher. The winds aren't as consistent. So you're going to motor a little bit more Mm -hmm. than you would if you were in the trade winds. So our thousand a month budget turned out to be 1500 a month. So we're not too far off, but it's significant And then as far as our boat costs go, I think some cruisers like to say they spend roughly like 5% of their boat's value every year on maintenance and and upgrades. This year, we chose to do quite a bit of a revamp of our boat. So we spent 16% of the boat's value or about 16,000 this year. Um, I mean, we knew a big portion of that was going to be the first year we set off. We knew everything wasn't gonna be right on the boat because we had no sailing experience. <laughs> so you don't know what you don't know. We did think about that. And then, uh, and then yeah, since we've been here in the UK, we did a little bit of revamp and, um, and we really like how everything is set now. So hopefully this next cruising year, <laughs> um, hopefully we can reach that thousand a month goal. I think that'd be that'd be pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. And I will add that when we looked at looked through our budget month by month, you can tell when we were in and like on anchor for like in Puerto Rico, we were there for a month and we didn't it was during quarantine. Quarantine really helps for budgeting, like nothing to do, nowhere to go. That was a great budget month for sure. Um, and then the next, when we finally got to Maine, because also when we under passage, passage is also really great for budgeting because you don't really have much to spend on either. And when you got to Maine, we were like, woo, like we get to be on land and do things and go get beer and drinks with friends. And so we went, we were like, we blew through all, like all that time that we weren't spending money. We just spent it in that one month.
0: Well, you said that obviously you don't know why you don't know, but, um, you know, given that you have some experience now, if you were yourselves, you know, a couple of years ago, what would you do do differently, knowing everything that you now do know, or is there anything that you would do differently, except maybe leave the heater on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely leave a diesel air heater on the boat. If one came with your boat, just leave it. Just leave
2: it in case or the water heater. Or no, we think that one was broken, right?
1: Because you you just don't know where you're gonna go. So you yeah. don't know when a, a yeah pandemic will hit you. But
2: and then even the broker and everyone told us like leave everything on the boat until you've like gone cruising for a while. Like, nope, this goes, that goes.
1: <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness probably just more sailing experience. I, I think it would have been prudent if we could have gotten on other sailboats mm-hmm. even before we bought our own, um, after would have been fine too, but, um, specifically before and just gained a little bit of real world sailing experience and anything, um, that would have, I think, just accelerated our, our learning curve. But, um, but then again, no, I mean, I think we've done pretty dang well so far.
2: Yeah. I don't, I mean, we've proven that it's not like necessary to you know have to do like the all the courses and and um travel or and sail all the places and I think we did a lot of research, we did a lot of reading, like that's more of our thing. you know, watching YouTube, reading books will also get you pretty far, but definitely you need that sailing experience on the other end. Even if it's just maybe going on your dinghy sail every once in a while, or going on someone else's boat to experience what it's like out there, or learning some tricks on how to anchor or how to maneuver your boat in the docks, like that kind of that will help you and get a long way. Uh, Where we just learned how to spring our boat from the dock recently. <laughs>
1: I know. So so we're we're here in yeah southern England in the winter, and there's a like a boat school that was operating, and so there's always these sailing school boats. I'll call them. I know they're, you know, mid 30 foot like Benetos and whatnot. And yeah, it's an instructor and a crew of people and they're all learning and, and you could just watch them and they're doing these, these maneuvers on and off the dock. And and so we're sitting there huh. looking at them like, Oh, that's how you that's should a do good that. Idea. Oh, that's excellent. We're like almost trying to get a free lesson just by watching, watching.
0: them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get the camera rolling. What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: And
2: so, one of our, um, Friends in the in the boat um, marina, he uh, helped us bring at first, and then we repeated it on the on the fuel dock, and we were like, "Oh, I think we got it now." <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a cool technique. So this is great. Yeah. So so back to your question, I I think if we were to have done anything different, it would have been just yeah more of that sailing experience, but. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, we're extremely happy the way we did it. Uh, everyone does it different. We've met cruisers with all kinds of backgrounds, and there's no one way to do it. But the way we did it just really worked for us. So,
0: Well, given your limited experience on other boats, was it difficult to shop for a boat? Not knowing a whole lot, not having been on, you know, a lot of different boats? Or did you know what to look for? Or how did you know what to look for?
1: Yeah, mm. we again, in the research, doing a lot of um, background work, um, talking to other people. We had a few friends in the sailing community, so we had asked them. And just looking at boats, that really helps. And then it gets you talking with other uh, boat brokers and just other people in the industry. Um, But the reason we settled on this boat uh it's a mel it's the same brand of boat that delos had we were quite familiar with delos and what they had done in their travels and then as soon as we looked up the brand obviously these boats were well proven they're found all around the world mm-hmm. so when we did find this one up for sale we didn't have any question whether this was the right boat it was simply is this yeah exact boat is it good for us to purchase and and it was so yeah, we're, we're happy with that purchase. This boat was designed for a couple to sail double-handed around the world, so it it's fitting its bill.
2: Yeah, we had gotten sidetracked a couple times. We thought we wanted, like everyone said, you need a blue water cruiser. Then we went on a few blue water cruisers, and we didn't like them. <laughs> we they were old. They needed so much work. And within our budget at the time, and then so then we started looking at more modern boats, like Hunters and Beneteaus and Sun Odysseys and a different few others. But then we we were talking to a broker and he's like, you don't want to go across oceans with this. (laughs) And we're like, oh, okay. Mm. So we maybe we should go back to the, you know, looking at other blue water cruisers again. And for Darren, it's also a matter of he's six foot four.
1: Yeah. So a bit tall. So it was hard to find a boat that I can fit on. And yeah, luckily when we, we found this boat, I could stand up almost everywhere. So uh, yeah,
2: it was that, a big, that, g- like big key thing yeah, for you.
1: That worked out. But um, yeah, that now it's a big internet debate. We won't get into that about no, what, what no. defines a blue water cruiser. And can you sail? You can sail around the world on any boat. You like can. Don't let it stop you. Just... Get a boat and go, <laughs> but I'd feel
2: more comfortable in this boat. That's for sure. That being said,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you can cross an ocean in a basically in a bathtub or a raft. Like people have probably done it. So, but you know, you have to find what's what's right for you. And obviously, it's also it's not just a, a vessel for travel. It's it's your home. So it has to be something where you can stand up straight and you know be comfortable to live in and and all that. Um, so. You've already shared a lot of words of wisdom, but just to wrap it up, do you have any sort of advice or maybe even warnings for somebody who is thinking about uh, embarking on this kind of adventure uh, in general?
1: Ooh, have any advice? I I can say no more than just just do it. Like, don't think overthink it too much. You know, um, it's we when we lived in the marina, we lived in a community with a lot of other boaters and sailors and met quite a few people that didn't go out and sail when they should have, that they didn't, you know, because they were they were scared of what was out there, they're scared to kind of untie from land, if you will. And then it's sad to see their dreams kind of just go away because, you know, maybe their boat just starts simply getting too old. Um, Maybe they have medical issues that they can't now go do their, their Caribbean dream or wherever it is they wanted to sail. So we can't stress it enough that I think it's just important just to go, like just do it and you'll figure things out along the way.
0: Yeah, there probably isn't a perfect time ever. Like you'll be waiting for that perfect moment in your analysis paralysis till you're retired. Exactly.
1: Yeah, very, very well said. That analysis paralysis—it's—it uh, can be so consuming, and before you know it, other things pop up, and and then you can't go. So and
2: then all you have is excuses.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So, so it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Back to what Amanda was saying, where sh- she had once we had this idea and the spark like we had to just follow through with it and, and do mm-hmm. it and uh, yeah very very happy we did
2: yeah and like we realized the risk involved yeah we understand there's a risk but we're not afraid to take that risk because if all goes wrong then at least it
0: was a hell of a story to tell right speaking your stories tell everybody where can people find you and follow your journey along
1: Yeah, you can find us at Sailing Panda pretty much on all social media. So on Facebook, we have a page. Instagram, it's at Sailing Panda. And then YouTube is the same thing, Sailing Panda on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So um, and like, feel free to contact us. Our email is sailingsvpanda at gmail.com. And if you have any questions uh, about this cruising life, just let us know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for taking the time and and sharing your words of wisdom.
2: Thank you, Annika. This has been a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having us.
0: I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Liverboard Sailing Podcast, and thank you so much for listening. New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Google Podcast or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. I'll see you in the next episode.